Welcome to the Dash Podcast, and thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Trey Gamage, and this episode is sponsored by the Gamage Consulting Group, and we help schools enhance student voice and engagement. You can learn more about what we do at Gamage Enterprise by going to treygamage.com and visiting our store. You can subscribe to the Dash Podcast and our new newsletter, and you'll also get a chance to set up a phone call or purchase my new book, Every Decision Counts, Eight Lessons I Wish They Taught Me in School. But today I have a special guest and her name is Andrea McCormick. She's a founding assistant principal at Kip Change Academy in Charlotte, North Carolina. How are you doing today, Ms. McCormick? I'm great, how are you? I'm doing good, I'm doing good. So what's what's life like at a Kip school? I'm, I'm on my way to a training actually this weekend at Kip in Atlanta. And, um, you know, this will be my first visit. What should I expect when I'm going into a KIPP school? Yeah. Um, so I've been with KIPP for about 10 years now. Um, and I will say every KIPP school is definitely different. Um, however, what you will feel uh, walking in the, in the doors is that you'll feel just like this buzzing feeling of community. Um Everyone knows their purpose um, at the school. Everyone's striving to reach a goal. Um, and it's felt um, in hallways of the schools. I visited many schools before. Um, and like I said, everything's, it, every school is different. However, you'll continue to get that feeling of just like yeah. um, home community, definitely. Mm -hmm. For sure. How, how did you get into um kip it seems like it's kind of a niche you know i know there's a few charter networks but kip is one that's pretty popular how did you kind of decide to get into the kip charter world rather than um being a, a public school teacher or administrator yeah um so i worked in um you know um atlanta public schools for um about five years prior to joining the kip team um while working in Atlanta, um, I worked um, at A.D. Williams um, Elementary, amazing school during a time um, in the back of Bowen Home Projects. Um, just an interesting neighborhood to work in. I'm originally from Miami, Florida, so um, it, it, it felt similar to home, um, the neighborhood, the community. Um, but what was missing was that um, feel that every teacher in the building definitely 100% care like care for the kids outside of just your traditional hours. What draw me what drew me to Kip was this this push for character development with kids. Um, one of the um, character traits we we talk about a lot in Kip is grit. Um, and that was kind of like my entry point to KIPP. Um, during the time I was working at um, working in Atlanta, I was connecting um, with different educators, you know, throughout the city, really trying to figure out is, is education where I want to really be and continue to grow in. Um, and I spoke to um, a teacher who had started with the KIPP um, Atlanta schools, and she was just saying, you know, she was just floored how the school itself talk with kids and family about you know their their grittiness of like you've gotten through life this far and you've done x and you've done this um how can you continue to apply it to um 
how you move in your educational um, achievements. And so that conversation kind of sparked me, you know, to kind of research KIPP and see, you know, what what was this charter school movement all about? Um, and so I, I, I I sought out to, you know, really research and understand um, the ways of KIPP, so to speak. Um, and what I realized is that, you know, um, they did look at building character within kids or t having these conversations about character and how you push through the hard things and how you understand others um, in, in this kind of social emotional um, realm over all of academics. Most charter schools at the time that I was looking into um, charter private schools, um, high performing public schools, um, really talked a lot about numbers, um, academics, um, and, you know, academic achievement, which is great, but they didn't have the conversation about how do we make this achievement of academics? Um, how do we get kids to achieve this level of academics mm -hmm. when you know, education itself is not equitable. You know, it's, it's not it's not equal to all. And, and how do we have that conversation? And those conversations were had in KIPP. Um, and it was something that was consistently had in KIPP. Um, and, and the more I, you know, really dug in and reached out and talked to people, um, it definitely drew me in because I felt that where we were at the time in education, um, even now that we need to start having these conversations about what, what does equity look like in education of all kids? Yeah, for sure. And so how does that look in your school now? KIPP, um, which one? KIPP Change Academy. I see the different names, KIPP uh -huh. Change, KIPP Explore. What does, what does SEL in, look like in your school and how does equity play a part in the work that you're doing in your school in Charlotte? Yeah, so I think on like on this global view, um, we talk to our kids about like how we all will learn, no matter, you know, your your race, color, nationality, you know, where what what neighborhood you come from. Um, your achievement is not based on your zip code or where you're from or who you are. Um, and so at our in our network globally, we we teach kids how one to um, be understanding and accept those that are different when even circumstances. We talk a lot about um, hearing others' stories, um, and and how stories are very powerful um, in our walk in achieving. Um, how we how we use social emotional learning. Um, so currently, we have a program. Um, that we use across our campus um, and it's called Second Step. Um, and we just, we really talk to students about um, feelings, about um, their interactions with others, um, how, you know, how to interact with someone that doesn't look like you or how to express your emotions and feelings, um, how to, you know, um, how to ask for what you need um, and, and, and what you need help on, how to, you know, be bold and confident in saying what you don't know and what you want to get to know. Um, and so these meetings um, start in the morning, in the mornings at our schools across campus in our circle time. Um, and we talk about all, you know, all subjects. Um, I remember when I started here um, at Kip Change and we were just starting, um, there was a lot going on in the city. 
um, itself, there was riot. There was um, a, a riot um, that had happened um, in Uptown um, with the police shooting of a young man in the neighborhood. And at the time, I was. I was like, wow, this is this is big. Um, it's not too far from our school. I know our kids are gonna have, you know, questions. Our school leader at the time, you know, we talked about it as a staff, as a as a leadership team. Um, and even then we we talked about it as a community, as our as our um with our students and families. Um and those type of conversations about what happens in the world, um, really really has a, a t really takes a toll on our kids and so when we sit in front of kids um we think about the fact that how have our kids been affected by this um how are they coming to the school how are they showing up in school how um how do we support them in um clarity and processing through their feelings and emotions about it and continuing to help them to build a you know um a mindset continuing to build this healthy mindset about school and and wanting to continue to go on and also expressing their feelings about these things and so um our school has has done a big you know um over the years has continued to get better um when it comes to social emotional learning with our kids when it comes to just um really pushing conversations um when it comes you know equity in social emotional learning um neighbor things that happens in the community that affects our kids and their social growing. So, yeah. I, I absolutely love it. I love it. And I see you've been at the Kip Change Academy for almost four years now, or you're in your fourth year. Have you been implementing these programs since year one? And like, what impact have you seen in the process of implementation? So we've always had um, a morning circle. Um, over the years, we noticed that, like we um, we are we had a, we had challenges when it came to behaviors. Um, where you know we're a Title One school where um, we receive um, a, a lot of our kids come to our school um, specifically in kindergarten. Um, in the um, younger grades, the kindergarten and first grade, a lot of our kids come to our schools um, and they haven't had like um, pre-K. Um, and in a lot of pre-K programs that I've known, um, coming from Kip Houston, where the school I was in, we had a pre-K program that fed straight into our school. Um, we had um, Head Start programs that um, were, you know, a lot of our kids were going through these Head Start programs that had social emotional, pro you know, learning um, curriculum within their schools. And so what we noticed is that with our schools starting, we were up against a lot of behavioral challenges with kids and, and not kids, you know, you hear a lot about kids like they just bad, you know, <laughs> um, but it, in, in my experience, um, kids are not just bad, they're curious. Um, and uh, what we saw in a lot of the behaviors in kids, um, we saw that kids were, were struggling to ex express, like if they're hungry, um, if they didn't sleep at night, um, they couldn't express that. So it showed up, um, it, it showed up in a different way. Right. And so, we, you know, we had our, our systems and our ways of like supporting our kids, supporting our families um, and, and things throughout the year. 
last year we really um as a team we got together and we really sat down and we really brainstormed through like what is the best solution and really supporting our our kids and our teachers who are the adults in front of our kids um really to one have the tools to support um our kids and coping through all these different things that you know they're they're coming with or you know may show up in different behaviors um and this year we you know decided to adopt um the sel program that we're currently using and we have definitely seen like a major shift in a lot of the behaviors um that we would typically see in school i would you know um i was recently talking to a colleague um who you know we were talking about last year we're like man it was a lot last year you know we had a lot of behaviors it you know it was just fires it feels like fire and we 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 joke about like you know teaching like our body is on fire because it was like you were going 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 your you know kids crying or like just just acting out not because they're they're being defiant but because they're struggling with something and they at that age, um, especially in elementary school, at that age, it's really hard for them to really get the words. A lot of our kids don't have the words yeah. um, to express, like, what is it that's really, you know, going on with you? And so uh, we were just saying how this year it was just amazing how we've really, uh, when it comes to adult piece, we've really, um, we streamlined um, our professional development sessions so that we're giving teachers not just these tools of how to de-escalate when kids, you know, um, when kids get upset and things, but also like how to prevent, you know, because like we felt like in the past we were being these firefighters. Um, And so we can fight these fires all day. and, 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 you know, even when I think about starting my, my, my year starting in, in education until now, I've always been in a firefighter firefighter role. And the the most the the simplest notion is to prevent the fires, right? And so right. this year we really stepped up our game in saying, okay, let's get really clear on how, how do we want teachers to interact with kids? What's the best mm. way? How do we really not not just take these values and talk about them, but how do we really sit down with kids and um and make sure the adults that are sitting in front of these kids these kids are able to give them the vocabulary give them um the time when needed so when they advocate for themselves of needing a break or i am mad and i am upset we don't just say that's fine moving on but we say you know it's okay to be mad it's okay to be upset and this is how we advocate for what we need in these times um so yeah what that and that's you you put that beautifully and well stated how do you feel like you've grown through this process or what have you learned through yourself about this journey that you're on now oh so much (laughs) (laughs) um this what i've learned is that um this work is is truly hard work um it's hard and it's definitely work that um that will pull at your heartstrings at times. Um, it will have you questioning, you know, is this where I'm supposed to be? Um, how effective am I? Um, am I really making, you know, real change? Um, but I think for me in, in totality, I think 
I am not just showing up um, as, as an educator and an advocate in this work, but um, I'm showing up as, as an image, one, as a Black woman um, in leadership during this work. Um, I show up um, as an image that for for little black girls that you know you, you can you too can be here um I've, I've had a lot of those conversations over the years with past students uh, current students um but also i've learned within myself that um it's more than just a job um we're a part of just a movement and we have to and we, we have to keep sharing our story um, of how we got here, the, you know, how we're continuing to uh, persist through this um, in this job, uh, because it's not easy. Um, I remember growing up, you know, and when you when you heard of like someone being a teacher or working in education, it was like, oh, they get the best breaks, you know, <laughs> they have these amazing vacation times and they get out at this time um of, of day and the rest of their day is like you know whatever and, and that's truly what i thought you know when i thought about being an educator um when i thought what it was to be an educator um which for me that wasn't a path i wanted to take um my path graduating my path was to go into criminal law i felt like you know that was that was my voice to um, be a voice for those that did not have you know brown and black boys specific, specifically that didn't have a voice um, in the criminal justice field. Um, that's where I was heading to um, until I did, <clears throat> excuse me, until I spent time um, in Atlanta um, in, you know, in the school where I started and, and I really saw that being an educator is more than, you know, more than the breaks or, or more than the surface level of what most people see. But um, you really have to commit and be a part of the movement to really see the change. Um, and because I work with some of the youngest of our kids, at times I won't see the instant growth in my kids um, and, and, and the kids that we serve, but it's, it's always great to hear from our kids of the past. Um, I still keep in contact with a couple of my kids from Atlanta uh, who they're doing well, um, you know, in college um, and things like that. And so I, I think that is what that is what keeps me going. Um, and of all this, I've learned most about myself is is that this work is truly selfless. Um, and in order to invoke the the true change. Um, and just not being a lawyer, you know, fighting for um, those without voices, but starting from those that have very big voices um, and continuing to empower them to continue to speak their truth and tell their stories. I love it. I love it that you you um, shared your journey so um, honestly, so authentically, and I think that's one of the most important attributes of an educator. You you have to be willing to put in that work. And you know the summer times and, and the breaks are excellent and well, but you you put in nine and ten hour days pretty much every day you're on campus. So you know <laughs> hard work that you put in, and unfortunately, you know we're we're not treated as we should be yet as educators. There's changes you know that we're seeing in education, and I'm so glad that there's networks like Kip. 
and um, like educators like yourself that are doing what you're doing and being uh, someone that is a strong black person for young black kids that can look at you and see that you're doing something that you love. So when you see someone, when you see someone doing what you love, it makes you want to do that too or start living your own dream. So I, I really appreciate you, uh, Ms. McCormick, for coming out here and sharing your story with us and your journey through KIPP education. Where can the people that are listening right now find you, your school, and learn more about KIPP? Um, yeah, um, you can definitely find me, um, reach out to me definitely, um, ammccormick82 at gmail. Um, you can learn more about KIPP um, nationally at kipp.org. Um, and you can learn about our schools nationwide. Um, and I am currently at KIPP Change. You can learn about our school um, and find us on um, the KIPP.org page at KIPP Change Academy um, here in Charlotte, North Carolina. There we go. There we go. I love it. Not too far away. I'm just a couple hours away in Hartsville, South Carolina. Charlotte is a okay. fly out of it. My aunt is a teacher in Charlotte as well. So I really do appreciate okay. your time today. Um, and I think you gave us some great insights about KIPP. I do definitely want to learn more about the KIPP. So I'm excited to go to our training this weekend as well. And so I hope you've enjoyed this episode with Miss McCormick, learning about KIPP and the DASH podcast. You know, every week we feature educators who facilitate solutions for school communities. And this week, Miss Andrea McCormick did just that. So I hope you like it, share it with your friends, and subscribe to the DASH podcast. We will see you next time. This is The Dash.